Mike, turn your games down. Hi, I'm comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's having some lost years with me tonight? <laughs> Deathworm gang member Red Fox. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so we are here to bring you another TMT episode. Uh, this time we are looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin Lost Years, which is not a sequel, but kind of a sequel, kind of a prequel of Lost of Last Ronin eh, somewhere. It's both <laughs> <laughs> sequel and prequel. Yeah, 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 yeah prequel. Yeah, a little bit of both. It, it's really strange, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. So, but this is more the Last Ronin stuff, which did gangbusters for them. So. This is also written by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. And this is a mini series, a five issue mini series with one special, which we're going to talk about also, that I came out, started, came out in 2022 and then ran until 2023 when it finishes. So, and I think this one ran a lot faster than it took Last Ronin to get out because that took like a fucking year and a half to get yes, five issues out. This was a lot faster, like almost too fast. So I was like, oh shit, I'm like actually behind. I don't wait. No, last issue was August 2, 2023. Let's see what the first issue. I, I don't think it was that, that fast either. <laughs> They're just slow at writing these. Apparently. Because no, one is January 25th, 2023, and the last one's August. So there you go. Okay. They're not, they're only about two months off. That's not terrible. Well, no, it's more than two months, but that's not terrible. But yeah, they're not fast at these. So that's kind of funny. So, so I've never read these before. Because I didn't read it. I mean, we, we, read, uh, we read Last Ronin. We talked about that. Did you read any Lost Years when it came out? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, the ones that we're covering today, are as, that's as well as far as I got on my own. Okay. I mean, what we're covering before the break. What are you talking about today? Oh, strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this first cover doesn't really grab... It doesn't grab my attention. It's it's not really appealing, I guess. Yeah, It, it reminds me of like a grittier... Turtles 3, like, alternate art. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's very much like that. I mean, this book starts off, it says, Hokido, Hokido, Hokido Japan, then. Hokkaido. And it just shows, yeah, I can't talk, I can't read. Uh, Michelangelo getting beat up, and that's the first page you see, and I'm just like, well, here, we set we set what you're coming up for. A whole lot of shit. Uh, Michelangelo getting his shit handed to him. That's what you're going to see. I mean, it, it works, it fits, the. but I'm just like, here's your tone, have fun. <laughs> Yep, right into the middle of it, and just him getting his ass beat. Uh, and then it then it cuts to the next page, saying New York City now. And so this is when you're first introduced to the four new turtles, but they're babies essentially. It looks like they're probably what like toddlers in they, human years. They speak like toddlers. I mean, Uno, the the blue one, probably has the best way of speaking. But yeah, they all kind of speak like toddlers. And you have Casey being their sensei now and training them. You have you have Uno. You have, I don't even know what their names are. Well, you got Uno, who's the blue one. You got Moja, which is the brown one. Okay. Odin is the fat one that wants to eat all day. <laughs> I like Odin. And then Yi is the one with the yellow or orange, whatever you want to call that, uh, like skin tone on okay. green. Two are girls. I think uh, Moja yeah. and Yi are the girls, and you got Uno, and Odin is the boys. I don't like them, but, but Uno. Not Uno. I don't like Uno. I just like Odin. I just like the fat guy. I just like the hungry one. <laughs> so if I'm being transparent about this, like the I'm more interested to see what they're doing with them than I am actually about what Michelangelo's going through. Especially in the first issue, I don't really care too much. As it, as things go on, I tend to care a little bit more of what Michelangelo's dealing with. Uh, but I'm more excited to see 
what they're doing with this next gen of turtles. Okay, I was not like I was just so confused when I started reading this because I'm getting a little bit of both, and I'm like, wait, what? What am I reading? Like you, because you get a couple pages of them showing the turtles as a baby and Casey being like, I can't train these to be ninjas. Well, yeah, of course you can't. They're fucking babies. But <laughs> yeah, I do she, like how she can't how, really relate. You know, yeah, I like how April says human. that they're just babies. <laughs> yeah, they are. They talk again like toddlers. I mean, and if you haven't had kids, you don't understand that. But like, you can't fucking they're babies. Like you can't teach them. You ain't you ain't teaching no toddler how to freaking be a warrior. Like you just wait. <laughs> so they, I, I see what they're trying to do here, and and they're trying to build for the future with the story. But also, if they call it the Lost Years, they can't focus solely on these these new turtles. So they have yeah. to switch back and forth because realistically, like how great, how how interesting is it really going to be if you made like a whole series just on Michelangelo's like trek to go find uh the new the the younger Saki. I so mean that, I'm I'm okay with it. I'd be more <laughs> but I didn't really like either parts of this book, so I'm a little bit you know, I'm I'm not the target audience. What's the target audience? Guys People are like age. you? I mean <laughs> you like I don't I don't like real gritty stuff sometimes I don't like when you take my favorite characters from I'm a child and throw them in a gritty environment. It makes me uneasy sometimes. Well I think well maybe that's half the issues because yes. You look at it from a too too much of a nostalgic perspective, as if we're maybe ten year olds or eight year olds watching Turtles. Well, but. I think a big part of it is I read the IDW stuff, and the IDW stuff rise that way perfectly, at least where I where we got to in the fifties. Yeah, and then I come to this, and it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're they're not they're good books. It's just, it's a me issue, not a book issue. Right. It's something I like gritty. It just depends on my characters. Like I don't mind Batman can be gritty. Turtles, I. Just never been i've never even like in when the shows do those uh, apocalyptic episodes you get throughout the throughout all the shows i've never been a big fan of those episodes no, so i get just, that i get that that's uh, a me I, thing it's not i i think this is probably more in the vein of the original turtles view than a lot of the shit we end up do getting like if you look at the 84 original comic releases you know beyond that yeah. mirage run they were known to be grittier and, and things like that. And then you get the first movie, which was gritty as fuck. We didn't know that as kids, but <laughs> it was gritty as fuck. And then here we are now. It, it's it's not far away from what Turtles was initially no. supposed to be, I guess. I just love the fact that that movie would be rated X-rated now because they're kids smoking. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought in that first movie, oops, or he, I just, oops, I just committed murder and crushed this guy in the trash compactor. Oops. Yeah, and our parents didn't bat a goddamn eye. I mean, yeah, they <laughs> they watered down the second movie for those reasons, but that was more, well, and I know some parents complain, but holy hell, if that came out today, never. Never would happen. No, and I just love that thinking about that because I my my mother took me to see that first movie in theaters when I was like three, I think, because I'm born in eighty seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're spoiler alert, we didn't make it all the way through. Who would have thought a three year old couldn't sit that long? Good job, mom. <laughs> so after you get introduced to the to the babies, you then see uh they do like a black and white page of the book and then it jumps into what Michelangelo is doing. And I kind of found some of the stuff interesting what he was doing, what he what he goes through. <clears throat> it's just that it's very like sporadic the way they do it. Well, yeah, they put you right in the middle of it. Yeah. There's really not a lot of context right away. Like this first one says it's been three years since he felt anything. He's with why he's getting his ass beat and these guys are about to kill him. And he starts reflecting on how all the <laughs> everybody else died. How Splinter, Raphael, and it is cool to see. You know, it and is he, cool getting this little image of him seeing everybody de- dead. 
and it reflects his severely depressed mental state to where he'd yeah. rather not breathe anymore than be with, like survive with this loss. I think what what I just didn't like is how it has a page of him getting his ass beat, and then it goes to him, which happened before he got his ass beat, showing the path of him going to this mountain, living. I liked him living at this mountain and you know trying to meditate before he's being attacked. I would have rather had that not had it flip flop the way they do it. I get it, but I didn't. I don't know. I mean, the ass whooping out the gate, I guess, didn't have to happen. It wasn't <laughs> necessary, I guess. But. It's, it's very timey-wimey, and it, it's sometimes like you have to like figure out, okay, what part of what's happening when this ha- I don't know. I just... <clears throat> out of place, yeah. Yeah, I would have rather... Because I, I like the Michelangelo farmer where he's just trying to you know make peace, and then he's attacked by people because he's different, and these people are shitty people. Like, well, And then you got to think, too, it, it kind of fits the Michelangelo character. If anything, we get more... Michelangelo out of this portrayal than we did in the last Ronin entirely. Yeah. Because realistically, if, if his whole family was just decimated, Michelangelo is going to be the type to seek, well, not only want to just die, but seek peace and like try to get away from it all. Whereas a guy like Raph, if his whole family died and he was the same one around, you can imagine he would have already been over Dead. by uh, oh, Saki's door, probably died, but it would have been at <laughs> Saki's door trying to knock it in and kill him immediately. Yeah. You know? No, it's so. nice, you know, the whole idea that, it, it, and it fits more than Michelangelo that is the one that survived in this story. Yeah, it, like, uh, I, I might have said it on the past podcast, but I, I just didn't, I didn't expect it to be him, but I'm not mad that it was. I, I would have been fine with anyone they picked. Yeah, no, I, I think Michelangelo worked, the one that people didn't expect to. I really like this couple pages here where he goes back to the past. It flops again to show when him and Splinter and the the leftover turtles are going to go kill. Were they going to go kill? They're going to kill somebody at the foot I clan. They, I think this is when the foot clan stormed their base after Raph died. This is uh, when Raph and Karai killed each other, and then uh, the foot clan stormed their their hideout. Okay, I want to say I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Because it says Oraku Saki's hot head. And vengeance will soon belong to the Hamato clan. Oraku, isn't that's Shredder, isn't it? Oraku? Let me read what you're talking about here. Okay. Or my uh, Hiroshio is the son, if I remember correctly. What panel is that? I can't even. It's, oh, right here. I see. Yeah. And vengeance will soon belong to the Hamato clan. I mean, yeah, maybe they were storming his. Uh... It looks like they're storming the, the Shred, yeah. you know, yeah, foot yeah. clan. I mean, Raphael's obviously dead in this. But, I mean, again, I didn't finish. <laughs> Before our break, I didn't finish all, all of those <laughs> comics. I don't know where some of this because you only get you get this scene, you get another brief scene of this too before, and I wanted more of this. I want to know what happened here. Maybe I'm getting that in my last couple issues. I, th- I think if they would have done, I guess you can't really call it last Ronin then, but like I think it would have been very interesting to see how things were for the brothers. I mean, even leading up to Brad, like all their deaths, like leading up to all that, I think would have been a very Interesting comic to see, and then you get to see all the other turtles in this n- newer dimension or newer um, portrayal. Yeah, I think I would have liked it. I would enjoy more seeing more of them together as a family. I know that's not the point, but that's what I like. Right. I don't know. It just it got my att- when I seen this couple pages really got my attention to want more. But then again, it cuts back to him on the farm. But I do like how he's been getting his ass beat, and I like how they they in this comic multiple times they throw in the whole turtle soup joke. Yeah. Which every time I hear turtle soup, I just think of when we when we played turtles and when I played turtles in time the first time, like turtle soup. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's not really. It's a real thing that people eat turtle soup. Yep. I never, <laughs> never had it. On it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 
I, I do like how they're about to, you know, about to do the finishing blow to kill him, and he just grabs the whatever the hell that thing is like a looks not a scythe, but it's some kind of like tool. Yeah, something like, like it. It looks like something you use for farming, and he just guts the guy with it. <laughs> it's fucking great. And then he just murders them all like in like two in a page with their own weapons. He just murders them, and I do like seeing just a monster mutant just rip apart these people that deserve it. Yeah, he decided he wanted to to live, and this is what he did. I mean, and it is cool seeing it. And I I like that this does give us more world building. That it's not just like oh, Shredder, you know, controls this one city, and then there's everything else outside is a desert besides the one city that Bowser controls. <laughs> Remind me of a movie, but uh, <laughs> for a Super Mario movie, what I was thinking my reference to. But I like that we're getting more. I like that like this is him in. I think he's in Korea at the time, or he's. Maybe During this Korea. part, he's in. He, I Japan? think he's still in Hokkaido at this point. Okay, he makes Japan. his way over to Korea. Okay, because he goes down and sees a town that's burning, and he beats the shit out of more gangsters there, and that's when he finds out they're all part of this gang in, called the Black Worm or something. Death Worm. And now, one thing I've noticed is that we still have not seen the guy. What the hell, Death Worm actually looks like? No, I assuming that's an issue four or five. I'm probably assuming five. So. Because I read one through three, and I read the Lost Year special. Well, I just don't want his design to suck. Because if you're giving me this much mystery and build up, it better not be garbage. <laughs> yeah, because we do get a lot of build up to it. Because they, I mean, they don't even say the name of the gang. It's just Deathworms Men. Yeah, and they just have a tattoo on them. Yeah, kind of cool tattoo. It, it really, rem- it really reminds me of the Zone Eater in Final Fantasy VI that you did go go at. Yeah, I can see that. That's what it reminds me of. I mean, it is a worm, so that's what comes to mind. <laughs> and then you get another, you get one, what, three panels of that moment from earlier when they're storming Shredder's place, but no information on what's happening there, which I want more of yet. But I do we'll like how I never get that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, normally I read all the issues before we start talking, <laughs> but I just didn't get around to finishing it this time. But, uh, but you'll hear that after the break. But the way that this first p- book ends, I think it's cool where when he, you know, he's saying how he's always alone and all of a sudden he starts seeing the ghosts of his brothers talking to him. Yep, This is the first time he he runs into it. I think this is done. This is cool to see this. I mean, I like how it shows you like he didn't have the ghost with him all his life. They just or all the time after it happened. It just during this is how it happened. I, I like that. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Yeah. And then this brings us to issue two. This cover is OK. I mean, it. It shows him in some brightly lit town wearing a mask and everybody else is wearing a mask. Cool cyberpunk feel to it. Yeah, it works. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a cool, cool cover. And this book starts off the same kind of way. It, you know, is in the middle. It says Town 38 Unified Korean Republic then and shows him getting thrown out the window fighting a guy. Yep. And of course, we start this issue again with the babies, but they're not babies now. I guess they're little older babies. So are they are they supposed to be portrayed as a little older? I think each issue they get a little bit older. Okay. I think that's kind of what they're going for with this with this stuff. Because well, I, I guess it makes sense because they're not really speaking like toddlers anymore. No, and they look and they're also now doing actual chores. She has them all cleaning, and one of them has headphones on. So. What I what I do like about some of this is that they use the turtles and their experiences with the turtles to educate this next generation in an effective way. So that's, that's always interesting to see. Yeah. And Casey and April both look a little bit older in each, each issue. 
So I thought that's kind of interesting too. Like they, they I feel like they do a good job of showing this, and I'm assuming it's going to be like 15 years or so from the beginning of these turtles to whenever when we get Last Ronin two, we get the sequel stuff with these turtles. That's what it's going to be. I'm assuming like Casey and April will be just you know aged out. At least April will. And I know, like, this, I guess really the only point of this is this to show them trying to clean together and be a team and then them reflecting on a story that Casey tells them about her father and the turtles. Well, the, the idea is to work as a team and, and not yeah. leave anybody stranded and helpless and always be there for one another, even if it goes against orders or rules or disobey Splinter when he's wrong. Right. <laughs> he is wrong sometimes. <laughs> we see the IDW it, comics. That's a real thing. <laughs> And, you know, I have not stopped thinking about that IDW since we finished Vengeance, and the last panel was just after they be spoiler, after they beheaded Shredder, and just, <laughs> I have not stopped wanting to see where stuff goes, and we, we God, we finished that months ago at this point. I'm just like, it's still yeah. there. Worth it, man. That that payoff, I I couldn't wait for you to see that. I'm just so glad it wasn't spoiled for me. And I I just remember reading that issue, and I called you, I texted you that night, I'm like, what the fuck? Nope, I was like, oh, he finally saw it. <laughs> uh, and then it, then it, then this comic has another black and white page, which I mean, it's a cool way as a transition to show you. Okay, now you're going to be into the story that we want to tell Michelangelo. But again, more tiny whiny stuff where the beginning of him fighting in this bar is also the end of this issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know. I would have rather had it been more chronological when it came to this stuff, not jumping in the issues. But that's a, again, that's a me problem. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't. I mean, it's not entirely just you. I don't know why they they chose to do it that way. Like it's, we don't need shock value necessarily, necessarily to tell the story. Like there's enough shocking shit that's going to happen in between anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't have to start off like glass breaking and doors being busted and whatever else. But man, is this comic, br- I mean, last Ronin was brutal too, but just the way Michelangelo fights in this, because he's nowhere near as like, he's not the same level as he is in last Ronin yet. He's not as good as a fighter, but he's not as mutated either. Like his oh, body yeah. is, crazily like muscular in, in the uh original run of the last ronin yeah nowhere near and it, it's cool to see like it, it's also i feel like a lot less weapons he's using at this point when you see him fight is more hand-to-hand combat or just using his environment around him to murder people with weapons like not using the actual you know their weapons like he's not using leo, leo sword not until staff really he's just beating the shit out of people with things mm. that he finds and then it cuts back to when right where the first issue ended where he leaves the town and now the ghosts are following him and how he decides to, I think, go to the southern edge of Hokido to go meet with a master. Very RPG game-ish to me. Yeah, it's a lot of that. <laughs> okay, it wasn't just me. I mean, like, oh, hey, go, go the side quest. He's on an island. Go find him. He'll train you. Uh, you know, you normally you think of a master. Shouldn't he be living in a mountain up in Mount Colt somewhere? You know, oh, nice. maybe maybe there's a shack nearby the mountain. This is another uh, crossover you want to see? <laughs> I do actually. I want to see Saban and the Turtles. I just have the strange idea I'm not going to get a Final Fantasy VI and Turtles crossover. I just don't think it's going to happen. Oh, never really. Never say never, uh, man. <laughs> that one I'm pretty safe to say is not happening. <laughs> I'm not going to get Saban and Raphael training together. That's not going to happen. Oh man, that'd be cool as hell. But never happened. Where's the Where's the fan art? Keith Good Shredder. <laughs> Give me some fan <laughs> art. Uh, Shadow and Shredder. No. Yeah. Hey, remember he slid his mother's for slid his mother's neck for a nickel, which is yeah. not what it should be. <laughs> but yes. Okay. This. Oh, talk. I was a little bit. I, I misremembered some stuff. This is where he then he sw- he he swims to part of Japan, I guess. And I, well, I, I do it's like an island off of 
off of the mainland. Okay. I do so, like Hobo, or not Hobo, Wanderer Michelangelo in this part. Yeah, like Monk Mike. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. You know, he's just traveling. And I like how he's hiding himself. He's And he's doing it better than just wearing a trench coat. Like, he's actually trying to cover up his face and, you know, keep hidden. And, and I like how, you know, it's been years since he ran into the into the town that was burning. I think they say in here how long. It's been a while. They do mention it. Yeah, they, they try to give you a heads up. Oh, three years of isolation, the piles of dead body in a... Okay, so it's been three years he was on... Yeah, it's been a bit. And then this is when he gets on the boat and he ends up... People end up recognizing that he's a mutant and he... <laughs> I like how he murders him with a bottle. Just like the guys that were going to try to kill him, kills him with a bottle. <laughs> yep. It's got to be a, not a... It's got to be a bad way to go. Getting stabbed with a broken bottle. Yeah, not the most glorious. That sounds really painful and not quick. See, I was going to get killed. I'd rather just get shot in the head and be done and just wake up and go, huh, you're on the other side now. Or you're not, and you won't know. So either way, it's over quickly. Getting stabbed, <laughs> I feel like you probably bleed out, especially from the neck. It'd be very painful. Pretty much. And humiliating while you're still alive. Like, I just got killed by my own bottle I was holding. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it shows him. I like this where he swims, and then he just he ends up on the island, but he passes out pretty much right when he... And then the master is funny. Plays a good role. And they, they give him some... They make him Chinese, but he can speak English. He can speak Japanese. And and so what this is supposed to be is uh, like a secret training ground for the Hamato clan. Okay. So that, that's why this guy has so so many deep ties to Splinter and just the clan in general is because it is meant for the clan and only the clan. That makes sense. It was just, I still find everything so odd in the last Ronin canon where Hamato is a whole clan and not just the family like it is in IDW and other turtle stuff. Well, as you read along, you might see some things. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, these are very well-written books. These are very well-drawn. Like, these are very, I mean, these are not shit comics like uh, other comics we read in this podcast uh, every so often. That involved the Power Rangers and Justice League. But, like, this is a very good comic. It's just <laughs> no not. specifics at all. <laughs> I fucking hated that comic so much. Like, a very good comic. It's just, even though it's not for me, like, I had a hard time wanting to read an issue. And I, it's still very, very good. You know, I mean, this is good. Like the the puns are funny. Having the him, having him find this master to kind of you know to help him because Splinter's gone and to you know help him figure out what he wants to do in his destiny. It's all really good. You know, and there's even a turtle soup joke here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I I was laughing when the first thing you see him doing is cleaning, and all I could think of was Karate Kid. Oh, I, I think that's what everybody thought, considering they know what it is. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> I mean, it's such a I love that. It's such a good moment too in that movie. And he's like, "Why am I doing?" He's like, "Wash the car," and he blocks and uh, or no, maybe not. I can't remember. It's been a while, but that's what I was thinking of. And I I, I like this. I like that you have Michelangelo. I think he's on this island for years too. Training. He is on here for years. I think a year and a half, maybe. Oh yeah, they even say it. for more than a year and a half. I was always busy and never alone. No, it's good. It, it's a good just few scenes to show him training and when he does finally leave he's still not even thinking about killing shredder or the new shredder he's still just focused on trying to stop death war because that's the focus of this comic and even then it's kind of questionable because the old man tells him he brings it up to him he's like hey man uh because he is now at this point when his training's done he is talking about going to take down saki okay but the old man brings it up like hey man that's cool and all you want to you want to get revenge you know for your family but what about that one guy that you're running from, Deathworm? He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I should probably do that. And then that's when he leaves. Okay. So I guess he didn't give a shit about Deathworm. But I guess they needed a different villain besides. Otherwise, this would have been five issues of him traveling to go fight Shredder. And go see the main issue, the main book, to see him fight Shredder, finally. I get it. Right. You need a villain. And 
So I really got a kick out of this whole unified Korea thing. Yeah, yeah. Just the industrial to Korea. Was good. And they even give it because the reason also makes <laughs> perfect sense. If because the in this story you have a 9.6 earthquake that hits China. China is destroyed. So North Korea ends up unifying with South Korea because they because they China. Lose. Yeah, well, China. China supports them. China had control over North Korea. To be fair, in real life, it's not that far off. <laughs> I mean, it's already been said. And I, I watch enough documentaries and educate, and I, <laughs> I, I research the stuff a little bit. North Korea relies heavily on China, and China, you know, keeps things going with them. So, like, if they if they if they were to lose China, they would lose a big chunk of their aid because they, as a country themselves, North Korea doesn't trade with anybody really but China, and they don't they don't as they tried once before they don't make nearly enough food to feed their people in that in the, in that area. So it's it makes perfect sense from a from a realist standpoint that if something happened to China, they would have to unify mm-hmm. and maybe it killed off the the crazy leaders in the same time. So hey. <laughs> well, happen. as you can see, it's an uneasy unification, which makes perfect sense. Which would uh, would happen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they mentioned the DMZ line. I mean, I like how they show that they're just gangsters all over the place, just, you know, beating the shit out of people, and that things are just really bad and. I mean, that's how it would be. And it, I also like that we get more world building of the world of the last Ronin. We get more than just New York being this little island. We get to see what's going on and what the world looks like. And I really appreciated that because I wanted that. I think in last Ronin, I wanted more. I wanted to know what things were like in this ap- apocalyptic world. Well, uh, yeah, the the thing with last Ronin is very isolated, which made sense for the story, yes, obviously. It but it was a very isolated uh, scenario. It's like... Um, Metal Metal Gear Solid One, when all you're doing is going through me- like Shadow Moses, like it feels like way more. And then you get, and then you do get way more. The lolly lolly low and everything else. Oh God, <sighs> that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I think this. Oh, this is also when he sells one of his. Uh, he sells his nunchucks because I was wondering why he doesn't have his nunchucks. And he has a new thing that he replaced them with in Last Ronin. He has the only weapon that was missing. And here you see him sell them to a pawn store so he can get some food. Yep. No, I thought that was good. I mean, again, you see how just kind of lost he is. He's, you know, sleeping in garbage and everything, which, you know, he's a mutant. It's just some cool stuff. Survival. I mean, that's all yeah. it is. That's all it's been since he left his home has just been pure survival. And I it's, I think it's cool how he's wearing like a gas mask, to like kind of hide his face so people won't realize that, you know, he's not human. I mean, right. they could tell by the green skin and stuff. But hey, you know, people are stupid. <laughs> and then you get another... I, yeah, because here when he's fighting here, he doesn't use any of his weapons either. He uses a, a pool cue at first to start beating the shit out of people, and then just kind of goes from there. And then he threatens him with a broke bottle again. He's not nice. In this. <laughs> I thanks, did like how Casey for helping him hotwire a car. I did like that. I, I like that as a reference to Casey too, and that's that's the end of the issue with him. I do like how also the ghost saying he can't drive. We know Mikey sucks at driving. <laughs> I thought that was good. Oh, and then to really like shove the you know to shove the knife in my in my stomach that I want to read more TMT. I saw an advertisement for the Armageddon game opening moves, and I'm like, you like that? That's a that's a far way away from. Where oh, I know. That's like at. that's yeah. after a hundred something, and I'm yep. just like, you got some time to go. I know. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at, and I haven't I haven't kept going just because obviously we have our other projects and yeah, you know. But yeah, I I, I kind of wonder how that unfolded. Hopefully, it got better and better. I'm assuming it gets better. I mean, the point I know, where I'm at, it, it was starting to get better, so I can only assume it probably escalated more, but, you know, we'll see one day. <laughs> I'm sure it will get better. I mean, it sounds like it just, you know, just 
the tone just changed so much when she takes over. It does. You'll know. You'll Eventually, know. yes. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to go back to it so much. So, because I, I love TMNT stuff. And I really, that IDW stuff is amazing. Well, I know. Like our side conversations, there's a lot of that uh, desire to go back. So, we're getting there. We're almost wrapping up everything I wanted to get done before we went back. So, we're getting there. <laughs> and then this brings us to issue three. I, I like this cover. It's just him blindfolded, breaking bottles, and he's on a farm, and he has a new, and he has a weapon that he has in the last Ronin. Whatever. Yeah, it's just like another Tonfa's maybe, but it's just like another training montage that we don't really, with no context, we don't know what the hell's going on there, but it's fine, passes. And it's it's those are supposed to be electrical, not flame. Oh well, maybe it's just like the Chrono Trigger cover where you know Marl's shooting fire for some reason. Yeah, because she was she was definitely using you know fire based magic yeah. in the game. So yeah, I I'll never understand that cover or why you're fighting a hecarim in the snow, which you well, do not, well I, think, I know why, but I think in a in like a demo or some pre release type of thing, she was using fire. Yeah, and then they changed it, and then they did not decide to you know make art that fit the game. Yeah, like that was going to be hard to do, but okay then. Yeah, uh, I still have the, I have the cartridge actually not too far from where I'm sitting. <laughs> Mine is actually in the next room. <laughs> I have three SNES cartridges that I kept after all these years with me in FF4, FF6, and Chrono Trigger. That's it. I have, I have six in Trigger, and I might have some sporadically throughout the house, but those two, I have them in a special spot. Uh, and then the, the first page of this issue, it says Inner Mongolia, then. And it, oh, wait, yeah, we don't even, and then it just says, My eyes! And he's blinded. Yep. So now, this here, when we were reading Last Ronin, I had this in mind the entire time. It's like, how the fuck is he doing all this when he's supposed to be blind? I think at the time they wrote that, canonically, canonically, I don't think he was blind. But they decided to add it in this. And I was like, all right, now he's doing all this shit like Daredevil the whole time we were reading. And I wanted to bring it up so bad. <laughs> but I was like, we got to wait till we actually get to that point. Wait, I didn't Oh, He's supposed to be. Wait, does this blindness stay? Oh, wait, no, I think near the end it, it goes away, right? OK, I was going like, to. I didn't think he was yeah. blind in last Ronin. No, that's right. Okay, so I guess he does get it back when he gets shocked. Yeah, in this issue. Oh, right. At the very end, it, it, yeah. Well, we'll see because we haven't, you know, unless we, until we hit the break. We, <laughs> yeah, neither of us have finished this. I should have. I just. But it looks like it, it, it's insinuated that it possibly has come back because, like, he, it looks like he's, well, we'll get to that point, but he's looking at what, you know, the, the, What's the word I'm looking for? The destruction in front of him. Yeah. All the, and he has a bunch of needles in his face, too. Well, that's like a, I guess, taser. Oh, they, oh, taser they shocked barbs. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you then you see the other turtles again, and now they're a little bit older, and Casey and April are a little bit older. And I, I, I like this with them. You have one playing video games, and another one listening to music. Odin's just starving, as always. As usual. I like Mo- that. Moja's <laughs> now block the world out with music. <laughs> hey, I get it. When I have my, when I get, I have my moments where I'm like, like a couple days ago, I was just stressed out with some stuff and I'm like, you know what? And I went and pulled up YouTube while I was driving and put on Figaro Castle and just played Figaro Castle while I drove. There you go. That's what Non-stop, you do. It. Just that song. And I was like, okay. Is either that or Magitech Factory? <laughs> well, I got, I got my, um, my video game playlist, the music playlist just for that kind of stuff. But I, I do like that. He's using music to block out and. I like how Odin, she, whenever she makes some sandwiches, I think it's mentioned in the earlier issue, and she does it in here, you see, too, she cuts off all the crusts for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Odin. <laughs> yeah, Odin's great. I don't really... Yee's okay. I don't know, this is where Yee cuts her cuts herself. And, yep. I, don't know, I didn't care for Yee. 
Or I didn't like Yi or Uno. The other two are okay. So Yi is the probably the most innocent out of all of them. She's the one that's most like Donatello. The one that wants to... So you probably should like that one. <laughs> but she's sure. the one that um, is more experimental. She's, she's more hands-on, more mechanical. As far as the others, they don't really share a lot of personality traits with, with the others. Maybe Moja kind of with Raph. Uno is like a like an asshole version of Leo. That's fair. And then Odin's just, you know, just wants food. That's all. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. Uno's awesome. I, I don't know. Uno just annoyed me because he's kind of an ass. And or she is it she or he? Uh, Uno's a boy. Okay. Uno's just an asshole. And yeah. But now you know why one is named Yi because of the trainer in Japan. <laughs> yip. So, I think Yip, yip is, is a vein in the, uh, or inspired by uh, Yip Man from oh. uh, Bruce Lee history. Oh, never mind me then. <laughs> so this is a wait. You get a. Is this supposed to be? Oh, this is this the scene after this where it like looks like it's Mad Max almost with the people wearing freaking skulls. Is this? Oh, this is with April. Okay. Oh yeah. This so is, this is this is where she's using another turtle story as an example of, okay. of to overcome and and teach these newer this new generational lesson. But yeah, she's hiding out and screwed up because she's not a damn ninja. Uh, but man, these turtles are brutal when you see them though in here. I mean, look at Casey and, and the turtles in there. Like, they yeah. look almost demonic. They look like mm-hmm. something out of Dark Souls. I mean, the world has just went to shit. It isn't just because of Shredder. It's just a world of shit right now. And I, I like that. I think that's it's a cool apocalyptic, you know, thing that you kind of see. No. And then we get to two years ago with him being in Inner Mongolia, and it shows where he can't see. And does it, it just shows him getting captured by a bunch of thugs. <laughs> You think they're thug. He gets captured by somebody. Yeah, you can't tell who it is. I'm just trying to scroll through because I didn't <laughs> read well, the voice. Yeah, so they and they still got the R. So he's him, it's him getting to there. He's jumping again. Yeah, it is jumping. So after he's captured, they jump to where he took the car and he's driving over to, I guess, China, so to say. Oh, Mongolia. Wait, Mongolia, China? Yeah, no, it says it right here. If the former North Korea was scary, China was horrifying. Oh, so this, this is this is where the you can see the destruction from the earthquake, the nine point six. Yeah, that that's cool to see, and because it doesn't have very much of him being escorted in the back of a truck tied up, and then it goes, then it jumps back to the bar from the previous issue. Mm-hmm. So, so what they did say in the last issue, I want to say they they brought up that it uh, destroyed a lot of nuclear reactors, and that caused his current blindness. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't from the taser. It's just being taser. That, no, I, I think that's what they're trying to say that he got his vision back. If that's even the case, I guess we'll see after the break. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like where you see him kind of, you know, after you know shows him when he stole the car and he's driving, just yeah, more damage to the quake. I, that is cool to see. I mean, hey, not, that kind of earthquake and the radiation would have an effect too. So radiation is terrible. I mean, look at what yeah, happened I mean, to Chernobyl. If, still if, not safe. If he wasn't a mutant, it probably would have been a lot worse for him. Yeah. <laughs> I just always think about with Chernobyl, because at one point in real life, they had to put a barrier over part of the reactor. And I was watching a documentary about it, and they're like, yeah, if we slip, if we drop this, it's going to be terrible. Did you see the Chernobyl show that came out? No, I, I, could, I couldn't do it. I haven't tried Why not? It. I don't know. I just I don't like reenactments of stuff. Like I was watching a uh, I was watching a reenactment about the the one in Japan when the floods happen and all those reactors go up. And they had a scene that just broke me where there was a guy goes into like a an, two guys go like an airlock area type thing. And they're waiting to bypass in and the water starts filling up. And they can't get out of the room and they 
it's like, and you know, like this probably happened to somebody. And that's why, I, and I'm like, nope. And I just checked out. But no, I've been meaning to watch Shinra, but I just haven't done it yet. I heard it was good though. You should if you have that in, that much interest in it. I would definitely watch it. I mean, I, I have a, seen it. But. I've been on a drug cartel kick of watching stuff about Chapo and watching a telenova about. I'm actually watching a telenova, by the way, about Escobar. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned Patron means boss. Did not know that in Spanish. There you go, buddy. One step at a time. <laughs> but So you don't get a whole lot of, like, time before he gets captured because they show him driving he goes blind he crashes and then it it has him being where he was captured and taken back to their camp to meet the leader who is also blind which i thought was who was was also blind yes and this one they say it's about the radiation uh i think they say actually maybe yeah they they said i I know they mention it yeah that's good that's good enough for me and and this is for you this is cool to have more people helping him and have you know have him being essentially being trained by a blind man and he's living with this town of people who are just, you know, surviving. And it's very cool to see. It also shows what would happen if you take away technology, if you had, you know, reactors are blowing up and the world is, it would get more rural again because it wouldn't have a choice. We would lose a lot of our, what we're used to. So We're looking nice. at Michelangelo in a fallout world. Yes. <laughs> but it's just, you know, I, I like how you have one scene and then they're washing dishes in the river, which again, makes sense. That's what you, you know, you don't have, you don't have a sink and, it shows him training with the with the with the people there, and he also gets his own handler too. <laughs> Which makes sense, you know. He's blind, and and oh, this is when he finally gets his tonfas too. Yeah, that are supposed to be electrifiable. Looks like they're on fire for some reason, but hey, I like this. I I I appreciate the tonfas more now after reading this issue than I did before. Good. I so mean, I, I, thought they were I, don't, I don't mind them. I mean, and yeah, it's nice to see where they came from. And they say they got those from a uh, deathworm. Okay. Ex deathworm guys. This is another cool, like, where he has a sensory moment where he's like, sometimes I just need to, I need silence. So he goes underwater. I thought that was cool. Yep. And during that small amount of time, the whole town gets massacred by deathworm gangsters. Uh, I mean, and brutal. I mean, but again, he really doesn't use, like, at least these couple panels, he's not using his weapons. He's just using their weapons. He's dodging bullets blind, too. <laughs> uh, and then this issue ends where he gets. He gets shot with the tasers, and then he says, I can see, and he just sees one of the women that was in the town dead. In the issue. Yep, that, well, yep, that's his handler right there. George. Oh, okay, that's who, that, that's who that was. That's why they were building up to that, so you can experience more loss. Yeah, that's just what we need for this book. <laughs> and then it doesn't go to issue four. It advertises that you need to read the Lost Day special next. And you see the new gen in the background, and I like it. I am so excited for that. I want to see see how they they portray these newer turtles as they're trained. I I skimmed through a little bit one of the other ones. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, because you get that, and then you get issue four and five, and then that wraps up this this series. I read the Lost Day special. I did not read four and five yet. Okay. I'm going to now, but I did not yet. (laughs) But yeah, Lost Day special, from what I remember, is what the cover looks like. You're going to get that. So. Why they didn't just make this six issues, I don't know, but uh, comics. Right. So, All right. And then we will get to the second half of the series after the break. And we're back from the break. And we're going to pick up with the, because technically after three, I guess it said that you're supposed to read the last Ronin Lost Day special. Which is a one shot, which I don't know why they didn't just make this part of the 
series, but whatever. <laughs> so I can't figure out if this takes place like after everything else happened. Or no, I guess no, wait, four and five, they're older, aren't they? So yeah, never mind. Never mind me. So I read this twice. And I know you were a big fan of this one. You said you enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, this um might have been uh the peak of this run for me. Okay. It's different, and that's kind of nice. Like there's there's no thing really about Michelangelo in this and what he's doing. It's all just from April's point of view. Right. And uh that point of view with her diary writing is and as you can see in the Mirage kind of style, Kevin Eastman Mirage style very reminiscent of those early Mirage runs of April doing the exact same thing. And I think in this case, it actually helps a lot because you don't really get to see or hear a lot from April's point of view or enough of April's point of view from this, this, uh, in this series. And I think this is, um, also with her character development, because she is like a vital role in this whole thing from the last run in part one to begin with. Oh yeah, no, she is a hundred percent. And, and, it, you know, it was nice because you get a lot from her throughout the last Ronin, but you get so much in this. Like, even just the cover, like, the, the other turtles are all older now. They're actually more teenagers. <laughs> so, I appreciate I that. preteens in this one, I think. But Is it preteens? Okay, they're getting close, close enough, though. They're yeah. no longer babies, thank God. Yeah, I think by the end of the last issue, they're where they need to be to get damn near to catch up to the originals. Okay. Uh, but in this one, I think she actually says the the term preteen. Okay. Is preteen what, like 11, 12 years old then? It's about like 12-ish, yeah. Okay. So we were preteens when we met then, right? This is, <laughs> this is uh, accurate, yeah. We, we were about 12 years old. Uh, but, no, I mean, you're right. The diary stuff is really good. Like, I'm not a big into the black and white, like you're talking about the Mirage style, but it, it works in here. Oh, this the it's weird because certain things that Eastman does, I actually love his art. There's certain things like I think his art is ugly as shit in black and white. When it's colored, it's nice. Black and white, it uh, it's it's mud. <laughs> I know there's probably a lot of like turtle purists that would hate that, but I eh. I don't really like it that much. Me too. I mean, I don't like it either. So, and I'm a big turtles guy. So you know, it's just it's what it is. It's one thing I found pretty interesting was that. You could kind of scratch the origins or the connection to IDW origins, I guess, in some ways, at least, because in this April doesn't have a father. She grew up without one, whereas in oh, IDW, yeah. you clearly see her dad. He's a good character, too. And he's an interesting character for the mo- for being a side or a minor character. I liked him in the IDW stuff. Man, you keep making me miss the IDW stuff. Well, sooner than later, I'm sure we'll be back on it. So. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> a couple more things, but I'm ready. I, I do like how like it starts off with April, and it shows her growing up in New York. And I kind of found it interesting that they put the trade centers in here. Because you don't see that a whole lot in anything where it's ever depicted anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it, a lot of people kind of uh, shy away from that for some obvious reasons. But, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I and just, uh, and here they black out because we all know what happened. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, but I, I thought it was just, you know, just cool that they did that, like that they referenced it. And then I can't remember if that's real. There was a tower that was built where the World Train Center was. I don't think they're that far yet. Okay. I don't pay attention to New York a whole lot. I was like, I just remember being, it's a monument at one point. I was just like, did they build a tower? Like, But, I mean, it fits the comic what they're going for. But no, it was just cool that they have that, like. 
that they bring in the reference to what happened. Because, I mean, as I'm assuming, well, I know this, like, if you're in New Yorker, that building was a big deal. You know, it's one in your skyline. To us, it's just, you know, it's a terrible event that happened, but we have no Yeah, I mean, there otherwise. Were, like, when we were younger, there's uh, songs that reference the World Trade Centers. There's, I think, even uh, movies and, and stuff like that that, that have as well. But um, they were never, like, a prominent thing in American, like, society for the most part. And then that happened, and then, you know, <laughs> you know the rest. Mm-hmm. And then also, oh God, I, there's one game that I always think of when I think of the Trade Center is Urban Urban Strike for Genesis, which will never be re-released. There's a there's a level where someone blew up part of the World Trade Center. You have to go rescue people. Damn, yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they ain't bringing that ever back. That's but, not happening. No, <laughs> it was in the 90s, so you know, before all this had happened. But yeah, I remember always that always stuck with me. Like, man, this age this age badly. <laughs> like, I don't like yeah, people aren't gonna like this. Well, I mean, it's it's been a target before, even yeah. Um, not to get into all that, but it's been a target before, even in the 90s. Uh, I want to say the early 90s, where there was a bomb in like the basement, mm-hmm. and even then, people were still putting it in. And then, well, I mean, they were still standing, so I guess they figured, yeah, did, why, did, why not, you know. I just thought that was interesting. And then the next thing it shows is April burying her mother, or lost her mother to cancer, and it shows, like, the turtles just has a really brutal image of the four turtles fighting foot, which is blood everywhere. I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be. Uh, it's good, though. Like, I mean, these are violent turtles. You know, and it, it, it's fine. Like, it fits the last Ronin. And I, you have that panel of turtles, and you have the panel, like, and she says, and we would fall. And so it's Yuchitoi dead when she wakes up from the fire and then finds out she's pregnant and goes through all that stuff. You know, it's it's good. I mean, I know earlier in this episode I complained a lot about these new turtles. I didn't mind them as preteens. I guess you have something against toddlers. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I don't like toddlers. Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, I, I, my toddler was okay. I don't want to go through it ever again in my life, but yes, <laughs> toddlers are no fun. I mean, there's good moments, sure, but whew, is it difficult? <laughs> but no, these are much better. Like, I, I like how there's the one turtle. I forget his name. That's really in the music. Samoja. Okay. I like how it was like '80s music too. Devo, Tom, Dolby. I don't know who Thomas Dolby is. Rush. Like, I thought that was cool. I mean, think about it. Like April's collection would probably be <laughs> about that time, that era. Well, I mean, maybe. for music. Most people, don't you kind of fall in love with whatever you were brought up on when you were younger, and then you just stick with it the rest of your life? Well, let's see. She was actually a kid during the World Trade Center, so she might have, she wasn't even alive, maybe. Oh. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the original April from Mirage, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Because, I, I mean, I know that's how I am kind of with music. Like, a lot of my music tastes are stuff from, like, when I was younger. Yeah, well, there's always that nostalgic feel yeah. from back then. I tried to get better about it and listen to other music, but I constantly lately I can't stop humming Figaro, so I don't know. Yeah, never let that go. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> this lives in my head rent free the rest of my life. Good. So I, I notice when I get really stressed, I'll start humming it. But now I can't but, think of how it goes. But yeah, it's yeah always, that was always definitely good. a great escape for us back then. <laughs> but no, it's just really cool. I mean, all the turtles have really kind of come into their own. They're less assholes now because they're preteens, so that's nice. You know, they're. I still like Odin. Odin's still cool. He's, I like the fat turtle. <laughs> yeah, Odin uh, tends to stand out not only because of his size, but because he just happens to be the most like innocent. Yeah, like he has the two knights kissing when they're trying to play chess. Mm-hmm. Uno's the white turtle, right? The asshole. Yeah, I don't like Uno. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely an asshole. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting. Like the whole idea is that uh, Casey is going to go out on a date with some officer. And her mother is then going to go on a black market run, but she doesn't want to tell her. So she enjoys herself. So then she just kind of sneaks off with the turtles. 
She like took a premise. big chance doing that, but yes. Yeah, because New York. I mean, it also really kind of shows how it's been 15 years now or so, or 13 years since l- the last Ronin. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming by the time we get to the last Ronin, the next the next set we get, we're not going to have any April. And April is in her 60s at this point. Yeah, we're not going to get her much. Like, or, I want to say probably early 60s or so. I did like when she, she kind of goes over the whole black market and how, and again, more world building I like to kind of show that when Oroku Hirosho took over, he made a social credit system instead of money. So people that went against him had no money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, and people still found a way to survive anyway. Yeah, which people would do. People are survivors. I mean, history has proven that. And here, um, I, I think this is a little interesting when it shows Casey doesn't know how to like interact socially. She doesn't know what yeah. to wear. She dresses up in this like weird-ass dress. And then... You know, she finally figures it out. Like, I'm just going to be myself. And she's like dressing damn near like her dad <laughs> back then. <laughs> Pretty much. Just a white shirt, leather jacket, jeans, boots. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if it, uh, other than sharing the name, she personality wise is a lot like him. She she also speaks like him. If you if you read the way they, they wrote her accent. I like that, though. And that makes sense. I mean, even if you're not around your child, your child will pick up a lot of your like similarities, like my son. I mean, I'm, I haven't lived with him since he was six and I see him once a month, but I see, and he's, he's a lot like me. I mean, Tiff has made that comment many times. You have the same, he'll do the same attitudes as I do with certain things. So he just, there's a lot of me in him and I'm not even around him that much. So it's just genetics. There's, there's that. And then the, the place where Casey also grew up being that it is still New York. I mean, yeah, obviously things are, have yeah. drastically changed, but I'm sure people still have a lot of the same similar accents and, and everything else. Oh, and you get the one panel where you see Casey in that stupid ass outfit she's wearing in the first issue of Last Ronin with the hat. Oh yeah, you get one panel of it. I'm like, uh, that was when they first introduced her. Yeah, yeah. Which and you don't know it's her with her whole uh, Streets of Rage team. <laughs> I did. I did kind of like that. I think <laughs> uh, the, the stuff with April, like when it shows her when she's talking about the Tinkerer, which really feels like it should have been like a a, a villain of some sort, <laughs> but. You know, this guy just ran a black market shop, but then his daughter took over after when the floods happened, he drowned. And yet, well, she- this is for people that got their credits taken away by, uh, oh, yeah, so Shredder. So, this guy is kind of like a saving grace in a way, even though I'm sure he's gotten some of his stuff in shady ways. I mean, it's it's oh, a yeah. it's a damn bartering thrift store, is all it is. <laughs> but I mean, that's what would happen, people would trade. That's what I don't know is. how he has eggs, but in this panel, but hey, whatever. I guess he probably has chickens. He must have just got those eggs. I mean, unless he I hope so. found a place to refrigerate them somewhere. <laughs> like, here, I've had these eggs for a year. They might be good. Who knows? The shittiest part about it all is that flood that April caused killed him. <laughs> yeah, and they, they even show the panel of him in the water. Yep. <sighs> and then there's Tinker, too, who his daughter, who kind of hates her because she led to her father getting killed. Yep, and she kind of snapped after that. Which makes sense. I mean, your father got drowned and all you have is your father. It makes sense. Right. And all she has in this really shitty world that she lives in, it was her dad who showed her everything she knows. And now she has nothing. It's a terrible world. It really is. So I, I know you must have laughed at this, but when they're going to Tinker's and the, there's that little camera. What does that camera look like upside down? Huh? That's a Technodrome, buddy. <laughs> That's the 87 Technodrome. Hey, damn right. I was so happy to see that. I was too, because I'm like, it has a stupid eye. It has like the little forks and stuff sticking out of it for no yep. reason. 
like I'm like, thank you. Thank you for referencing my, my childhood there. There's a there's a couple more things I'm gonna point out in this shot, but we'll see when we get there. I just I really like seeing the techno troll. <laughs> I didn't there wasn't a whole lot for, I didn't notice a lot in the shop in the panels when I was looking there's at it. There's only a couple I noticed. Because the whole thing she went to the shop to trade a DVD for a box that you don't know what the little box is till later, but yep. I also never seen that movie, by the way. Tommy Way. Oh man, I saw it so many damn times. Because it was on TV all the time, so I'd always watch like summer vacation or whatever. I just watch it, and it, as a kid, it was funny as hell. Yeah, I've never seen it. That shouldn't surprise you, though, should it? No, absolutely not. I don't think you watched almost damn near anything as a kid. <laughs> no, I, I haven't watched a lot of '80s movies. I'm trying to go back and watch more, but I'm also not a big comedy guy. It's a '90s movie. That's one of Farley's best. I haven't seen very many of his. If you see, I like his humor. I'd probably watch that one. Well, if you're not into like. It's not necessarily like clever humor. It's more like uh, like a dramedy, like slapstick dramedy in a way. It's kind of his style. Okay, with David Spade, right? With Spade, yeah. Okay. I, I've seen the cover many, many times throughout my life. Just never gotten around to it. Probably a lot in Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. But yeah, I, I didn't notice anything. Even sc- even scrolling through the, the pages right now, I don't see anything else that jumps out at me for references. We're still not there yet, unless you... Oh, well, okay. See. Well, maybe three things. <laughs> On one of the panels, uh, you see what looks like to be, what is that, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch? Oh, that blue bear on the right side? Yeah, that okay. could be that there. Never seen uh, that movie yet. Well, we were a little older when it came out, so. Yeah, but it's been how many years? I still have never seen <laughs> Let's see. And I have a kid. <laughs> There's a Sega controller, what looks ah! to be like a Genesis controller, um, where Moj is cool. in the forefront there, where Tinker 2 is holding the uh, video. Oh, and a turtle van on the shelf. Okay, that's cool. Those are the only things I really noticed. That's cool though. I don't I don't notice either of them as I'm scrolling through. I'm still trying to find them. Oh, I see the turtle van. That I, yeah. I like little things like that when they just draw things in panels. Same panel it looks to be could be like a psychic controller. Yeah, that's a Genesis controller. I mean it's a little bit more U shaped than it would be in real yeah. life, but that's probably for copyright reasons. Right. That's cool. I mean, and again, it's also like the last line you see here where she says, I'm going to watch this classic flick all by myself. Yep, because it was her and her dad's favorite movie. Yeah. And then it goes into like the Purple Dragons, which I I appreciate this, where she talks about what happened with the Turtles, how they teamed up with the Purple Dragons after, I think it was Shredder died, or what was it? What was it, after Karai, maybe, or during Before Karai. the Shredder and Karai, okay... After Ralph was killed and the truth okay. of the foot died with him, the yep. Purple Dragons then uh, join up with the Turtles. Oh, and you also have a panel, which I, I have to reference this because you never see this. You see a bloody nunchuck that Michelangelo is fighting somebody. And he just, um, yeah. yeah. You, you never see that. Like, you never see that weapon just making people bleed. So I thought that was cool. And I was curious who were all these random ass soldiers that were with with Splinter and the Turtles in some of those flashbacks in Last Ronin, so think it answered my question. Now you know there's Splinter's Strikers. I could have done without that part, but yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. Like that made me happy to see. Like because again, those I had so many questions about the world, and this answered some of them for me. You know, it's a it's very also, it's a very useful issue. It is. I mean, it's it's a lot of world building, it's a lot of setting up. Where I think for what's coming to, and I'm okay with it. Like. The first two issues didn't grab me, but as the story went on, I got more interested. Same. I think the uh, second half of this little side run was was better than the first. For sure. And this this special really helped that. And then when they come out, they come out of the sewers to end up where the purple dragons are to trade with them, and you kind of see where the everything the purple dragons are a lot different. 
And you get to see the turtles kick some ass, too. They take out a few guys. They fucking, like, break somebody's mouth open. All his teeth are gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're sick. a little brutal. Uh, so, when you get introduced to the new the new boss, this black guy, he really reminded me of, God, the guy from Predator and Rocky. I think that's probably the style they were going to go for. Okay. What's uh, that? Yeah. I forget his fucking name. I, he's also in Mandalorian, but I can't think of his name. Yeah, also, but yeah. it, it looks like him. Like it looks just like him. It's like that. Like I like that's like you said. That's the style I think they were going for. Also, the guy next to him is wearing a mouser for a helmet for some reason. That was cool as shit. <laughs> <sighs> and then I think the girl on the left is wearing like a Sinja helmet. Yeah, which makes sense. They just you know took over stuff that's left over from Shredder. So with the military guy here, his mutagen man arm is like. Clearing. Oh. Yeah, I did not catch that the first time I read either time I read this issue. Yep. It's just That's a cool. bone and some juice. <laughs> I think it looks like he lost his arm, so then they just or did something. Maybe there it's like some type of regrowth. Uh and he still decided to put a glove on it for some reason. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I like how she's trading a record needle for a that's what was in the little box she got from the tinker so they could they could celebrate and then she gets another a bigger box in, in exchange. But he also makes some good point where he's like, yeah, we're friends now, but we might not be next time we meet. So, yep, a little bit of uh, possible foreshadowing. Yeah, because oh, something tells me bartering ain't all that's going to happen between us when our paths cross in the future. Mm. Which, again, the Purple Dragons aren't exactly good. So, you know, and and again, more world building. This is then it talks about these two crooked cops that were in the city back when the turtles were all still alive and that they still existed even after Sh- the new Shredder took over. I I liked all this, and I just liked having more story to add to what was happening in New York during what we were reading at first. Yeah, it it seems made like me appreciate time, yeah. Last Ronin so much more, so that was nice. And these cops are crooked as hell too, which is fitting. <laughs> yep, they're a necessary evil. Yeah, and she makes a comment where she's like, they came back because they needed they needed help to remake the police force. Now that shredder was gone they were trying to rebuild everything i thought that was cool too because it makes sense you know you have to you have to work with what you have and a good chance a lot of the good people have already been murdered at this point mm-hmm. so as, the, as as billy joe said the good die young <laughs> the song reference for you i, I like how the and just when you find out the random package she got was a box of donuts <laughs> right and do you see what it says on it yum yum what did mike say when he was given the donuts to token razor Oh my god, you're right. It's yum yum, wasn't it? I think you said num nums, maybe, but yeah, it's close enough. That's hilarious. I don't want to watch that movie again. Don't make me think about that movie. <sighs> but that was funny though. Num nums. Odin has a mouthful of donuts already. Oh, did he? Eat oh, okay, I get it. Were they okay? So they complain there's no chocolate donuts, and then when you see Odin, his face is covered in chocolate. Yep. <laughs> okay, I did not catch that. <laughs> Uh, he found he found the chocolate donuts. Oh, he sure did. So now that April's done with her Zelda trading quest, that's kind of what it reminded me of too. Oh yeah, because she gets another box from them, and then tells them, and then they say, "Don't tell us where you found it." Mm-hmm. Then you get you get more flashbacks of her of showing her like as she was building up the military or like the resistance force and this old general that helped her, and it gives you more like how it happened and what was going on with that. So I, I I appreciate that. Just a good issue. The end is just them partying, or part of, one part of the end of her story is that she it was her old friend that served her in the resistance is he's retirement, so 
She traded to get him fireworks, you find out, so they could light a fireworks. Yeah, that, that's the same commander that was there at her bedside when she was recovering and helped her create the rock-bottom resistance. I like that. Because without any military knowledge, she's obviously the furthest thing from it. So yeah. without any military knowledge, it wouldn't have gotten as far as it really did in most cases. Yeah, it, just has, it has a happy ending. You know, you have Casey and this guy that she was that she's on a date with talking. You had the fireworks going off. It's just a really sweet little thing. And they didn't make it in one panel where she. Oh, no, never mind. They did draw it in a panel where it's Casey and April talking to each when they were younger. Did you see the uh, firework names? Baxter Buster and Hiroto Bomb. I didn't see Baxter Buster, but I saw the Hiroto Bomb. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and the whole idea was that I guess Casey would talk about when you had a day that was just for, they called it a lost day, where you just get lost in each other, I guess. Yeah, it was good that they uh, kind of tied that up. It was good. It was, this was a good little one shot. I, I really appreciated it. It was great. You know, I, I wasn't expecting much and I was like, all right, this is, this is good. And then this brings us, then we go back to the lost years and we go to uh, issue four. <sighs> I don't, this is a cover that has Michelangelo on the front, naked turtle with a bunch of dead bodies around him. That doesn't explain much other than he, him possibly raging and killing shit as has been his story <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And then in this, you find out that now he's in Ukraine and it just starts off with him in a pit, like a cage, a cage, shouldn't say a pit, a cage. And it says, kill or be killed. And because in the last thing he got captured and then now he's fighting for his life. So, and then it, it also, what do you think of when it shows the New York training thing where it has the turtles kind of working together to do a mission? Well, it's interesting. I mean, they, they try to show, obviously, Yi, well, all the turtles pretty much going towards their strengths, and um, also them in finally kind of in action other than beating up some New Age purple dragons. Because <laughs> um, at first, what do you think this is? You think it's a legit mission. That's yeah. the way they set this up. But as, and then you find out right away that it's just a training simulation. And Uno's finally getting some life lessons out of all this. When he's the one that's kind of a perfect asshole. He he too can make mistakes, and he's now got to face it. Because yeah, I really thought it it was a training mission until you find out when Casey shoots him in the face with a paintball gun that they it was all just you know I mean I thought it was a real mission, not just training. So that kind of that kind of threw me for a loop, but it was cool. You know, I mean, the whole point was to teach the turtles that they need to work together. So I I thought that was good. And then it a little bit of her reminiscing about how in the last Ronin she you know left her men to die and went to go save Michelangelo and it all worked out, but you know. <laughs> There's that the, uh, old reporter April outfit. <laughs> I okay that that amused me. They have the all yellow outfit as the hostage. It amused me a lot. <laughs> a throwback to us. I felt. Yep. When it cuts back to what Michelangelo is doing, like because it comes at the end of this tournament where he's fighting his friend, but I don't think you know it's his friend at first, or he's fighting some hero guy or well, some he human says guy right here to kill my only friend, my okay. blood brother. And then it shows all the people that died, Splinter, how every Raphael, Leo, like it shows them all how they got killed. April, he thinks is dead. The random girl that was in the issue earlier. Just lots of deaths. Just showing you showing all like all the pain he's going through, different panels of him just fighting people and what he's been going through. Then it cuts back to how he was captured at the end of the last issue and then chained up and taken away to this place. Where then he was, I did kind of, I did kind of like it when he's in the truck and he's talking about, you know, the darkness and all my failures and he saw all the dead people in his life. So this shows he is hallucinating because April's not dead. Right. And you got um, Splinter with all these damn arrows in him. And Future Toys, you know, a robot, so he wouldn't be there. Right. Well, I mean, he had a human soul in him. 
Oh, good point. Or not human soul, but alien soul. Well, depends. Yeah. Is, is he an alien in this one, too? I'm I, don't, I don't know what they're drawing from in this one. <laughs> <sighs> no, that's fair. I was just curious, thinking about it. But, yeah, I was like, that's how you know he's hallucinating. Because at first I was thinking, you know, maybe the turtles are ghosts that are talking to him. But she's just always not, you know, is a robot and April's not dead. So Right. He just thinks she's dead. So, yeah. And they they rough the shit out of him. And it shows, like, all these other monsters and or mutants that they've been capturing. That is one it just, the, the green one really looks familiar way in the back. I can't. With the, with the beak. Like, I, I don't know what I've seen that from. The one near the front kind of looks like kind of looks like the Rat King from IDW with the gray hair. Oh yeah, it kind of does. I yeah. mean, it's not obviously, but it, it reminded me of him. Some of these look like there's something out of Ghostbusters too. That's fair. But I like how you find out that it's a lot of just things that got mutated from you know all the nuclear, all the bombs that went off. That and it, I think they mentioned some something about uh, experimentation. Oh yep, something like that. And then they put bombs inside their neck, so if that, if they try to escape or do anything they don't like, they just blow them up. Yep. Oh, and you, he gets put into a camp full of mutants, and and then this other human, the guy, is in another camp full of humans. And the idea is that all the humans will fight each other until one is left, and all the mutants will fight each other until one is left, and then they'll fight, and then they'll fight each other, and whoever wins can survive. Is the idea? Yep, dystopian gladiators. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, you know, it kind of just shows how violent this world is, and I can see it happening, you know. If- yeah. Society fell and collapsed, and I could see the seven. I could 100% too. I said, I don't understand why you're having a mutant versus a human at the very end because more than likely the mutant will win because he's stronger. But hey, yeah, I wasn't really understanding that one too much either. I mean, you feel like you'd have two humans versus a mutant, stuff like that, where you would put the odds in, in their favor to make it more interesting, too. Balance it out or something. Yeah, but eh, whatever. And then the guy, his friend, instead of having him kill him, he sacrifices himself and throws an axe at the lady that's in charge of the camp. And his death was probably in vain because Mikey gets out of there. They let him go like they said they would. And he goes on to do what he does with Deathworm, kills uh, Shredder, and then he dies right after that. But it's like this guy, like the gladiatorial games never ceased. You know, like those continued. All these other people got to go through it, even though he sacrificed himself. He's sole reason for sacrificing himself was purely so Michelangelo could continue on. Yeah, I mean, it worked. I mean, he continued on. Right, I mean, maybe he thought he was going to die anyway. Yeah, I think Michelangelo would have killed him, and he didn't want him to have to go through that and kill his friend. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is a mute. I mean, in this fight, Michelangelo doesn't really have the upper hand that much from what you're seeing, but I... My money would be on Michelangelo. So, uh, well, he's a very trained mutant at that. He's not just some any yeah. mutant, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm positive he probably would have won that. I mean, the guy is a is a trained fighter too. They say, but still, I mean, yeah, he was in a world or uh, like a champion in like South Africa or something like that. But compared to a mutant that practically a mutant assassin ninja type of, no, nah, I don't see yeah, that. You're, you're not comparing. That's a little bit uh, far fetched. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna win. And then that brings us to issue five, which the cover is interesting because it's essentially you just see a, a a figure. You see the last Ronin, for, but you can't see his face. So, and it was cool. I was like, all right, we're going to finally see how he gets the cloak. Just, I could tell that's what's coming. I, I did like it that they honored their commitment to, or hit the deal with him that they let him live. And they didn't just murder him. They take the bomb out of him because I thought they were just going to kill Michelangelo too, or he didn't have to fight for himself. Not they weren't just going to let him go. That's what I expected, at least. I mean. After after the fight's over, he just starts killing people too. He grabs a sword and cuts off a guy's ear, and 
you know, he's trying to escape until they tase him until they tase the fuck out of him. Yeah. Lucky they didn't kill him right then, because when he was out, they could have done it. Yeah. And he almost kills a doctor that's about to take the bombs out of him when he finds out, oh, yeah, here's your stuff. You won. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they still don't kill him when he takes the damn leader hostage. Yeah. And he's like, where's Deathworm? And, and where she's like, yeah, he's as good as dead. Why kill him? He's already, he's going to get killed when he goes there. There well, is a greatly underestimated him. Mm-hmm. Really did. And there's a cool panel when he's walking on the trail and you see all the people behind him. April, Casey, the turtles. Splinter, the girl, and then the guy that died, and they're all just, you know, all all, his, all the deaths in his life are just with him. And then we get to the part that I completely appreciated. As he's traveling across Europe, you get to see cities that are futuristic and normal. And this made me really happy, because it showed more world building that, sure, some parts of the world are destroyed, but other parts are just fine and have increased with time. The technology has become much more. I just really like that. And I this is stuff I wanted from Last Ronin. I wanted more world building. I wanted more of what was going on, not not what I got. And this this helped fill a void for me. Yeah, I think it just overall up the experience, the initial experience of that release. I mean, sometimes I just, you know, when I get certain stories, I just want more. I want to know, like, what's going on. And, it, and I, I mean, they didn't have to do that, obviously. But I appreciated that I was getting this information, that I was getting to see how Europe looked and it wasn't as ruined as, you know, I thought it would be. Cause like we see in earlier issues, China and a lot of those areas are just completely demolished. And this is much, you know, this is okay. And then he finds out, I think what he's death worm is hiding in the Roman Coliseum with his men or not hiding, but training. And when they, sh- when it first shows him go to the Coliseum and he just starts, he smoke bombs and just starts murdering people. He doesn't really have a hard time here. No, not at all. Well, to be again, what are, I mean, you're probably not you're a, you're like a mafia organization. You're probably not expecting a turtle to be jumping in, and just start murdering everybody in the dark. Right. But for the buildup, I mean, not only does the leader not look very cool, but he doesn't pose that much of a threat. I mean, well, you're the first you the fake leader. <clears throat> yeah. The guy that he just kills that you think is Deathworm. He's like, oh, that was easy. Then it's not Deathworm. Right. So what did you think of? When you finally get to see this guy, because I know we had talked about it earlier where you were like, all this buildup, he better be good. I don't know. I, I felt um, I felt it was a little generic. It, it wasn't. Um, I like that he's more skilled than everybody, as he should be. But this is look and the fight that he puts up. It, it wasn't enough. Not for you. No, well, that's fair. After everything he went through. I mean, yeah, granted, he's been fighting for two years plus in a gladiatorial <laughs> arena. Uh, <laughs> so he's very tone or honed in on his skills at this point. But still, if you're going to have a main villain that lasts literally years, he should probably not only look cool, but put up a very interesting fight. Or did you want it to be somebody from the comics that we would recognize? It didn't have to be. Um, honestly, never expected it. Didn't even think of that concept, to, to be honest. Okay. But I just wouldn't be opposed to that either. That's what I was thinking they were going to go is somebody that like take a character that we know and then just, you know, change them and adjust them, but at least be somebody from the long history of TMNT. You know, now that you mention it, I think that's something that maybe this comic is, is this like side run is missing is that who did we all get? Just April. Yeah. And then that's it. We, we didn't get anybody else, but not, not in the, in what capacity though. That she was there and she helped kill Raphael. But we don't, I mean, all the legacy characters of TMT that they can pull from. Right. But I meant like uh, during Michelangelo's story or during the, the, the kid's story 
the, oh. two, the two main stories going on currently. Not we get nothing. something from two b- from before that. Yeah, we we get pretty much nothing. I mean, I guess this guy puts up a little bit of fight. He does hurt Michelangelo. He stabs him, but yeah, it's not that long before he takes those two the new nunchuck things and fries his face. So yeah, yeah, it, you're right. I mean, it's not as epic as I guess you know we wanted to after all this after all this build up. I mean, kind of a cool death, whatever I guess. But other than that, again, the the guy's design. And, and his fight is not worth it. He's just a normal guy. He looks like a Mongolian from like Genghis Khan days or something. Right. Which in this case is not the coolest design choice. No, I'm with you on that one. So I didn't mind it, but yeah, it was a little. It, it's, it was a passable ending. Passable, not great, not very interesting, but passable. And then this is, and he takes the cloak off the first guy he killed, which then you get the last Ronin jacket that he has. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, we got the jacket now. And he just, he, this is when he wrote in his book, No Peace, and then he finally gets on a boat, or hey, right in the book, and he finally gets on a boat to go back to New York to go kill Hiroshio, which is what then leads to the last Ronin. And then we get the last couple pages are New York City now, where Casey and April are older. Casey puts on, like, half a mask, like her yep. father. Yep. But didn't his cover, like, his whole face? Not her version. Okay, but, I mean, his did, right? Like, I wasn't his on did, that. yeah. Okay. I like it that it just covers like her mouth and her nose and her eyes are visible. Works for me. It's cool. And then the turtles actually look badass for the first time and they all have their weapons. Yep. And well, if you notice, they, oh, they have all the weapons. They have all of them. Yeah. Okay. I did not catch that because you have Odin holding nunchuck, uh, Moya with the size, Uno with a sword. Who's the who's the yellow one? Ye. Ye with a staff. But then I noticed that they're after you said it at their you can see on their back, they all have the other weapons, too. Yep. I mean, that's smart. You're like, hey, instead of specializing each weapon, we're going to give you everything depending on your situations. Yep. And and that kind of screams to me like the, the next evolution and what those turtles could be. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm a little bit more excited for Last Ronin 2 now than I was before. I'm, I'm all for it, man. I, I'm telling you, like I, I've said before, I'm, I don't know if I said it on air, but it, it could have been a side conversation. But when it comes to like the... F- taking a team or a, a superhero and, and putting it in a future tense, like the next generations things that, that always catches my attention. And then same for this. Yeah. I'm excited. And then the last page you see is that the last Ronin will return, which I already knew. Cause they're making too very confident in that statement. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You know, uh, I'm absolutely okay with it. I mean, this is a very popular series. So yeah. And then you get two ads at the back of this comic, which I have to mention because it was like, TMT versus Street Fighter. I'm like, oh, yeah, that finished. I should read that, too. And then Teenage, the Team Mutant Turtles and, and Stranger Things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should read that, too. Yep, two things that I still have not read. And not part of me wants to. Part, I mean, I want to go back to IDW, but I'm kind of like, I really want to get all this other stuff done. They <laughs> keep making more spinoffs, and I keep reading them. <laughs> so, yeah, that Street Fighter one like looks like a fun time. It really does. I, I it's all, I'm pretty sure it's finished by now. So at the time of this recording, and you actually have Jenica in there too. Oh, you do. Now I'm even more interested. I don't know anything about Jenica because I haven't read that far yet. You're getting close. <laughs> well, she's not to like a hundred. Yeah, still. I mean, it's gonna take a while. Her, yeah, I guess, but her buildups in there. And then that's when we stop reading. We great get to hundred, just put it down. Be like, okay, good, you finished the book. No, well, no I'm need to go back. The series ended there. Good. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, all six issues are out for Street Fighter. Or five issues, sorry, five. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I need to check that one out. Well, if you want to read it, I, I got a great idea for you. <laughs> What's that, man? <laughs> record about it with your oh. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to Shelf Stacker Box. And why don't you go first? Well, it's kind of a roller coaster for me. So there's parts I, I loved. I did. I liked almost everything with the newer generation of Turtles. I've only liked I only liked about half of the stuff with Mikey, more so the latter half of it. I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily care too much to go back and read it. I'd probably say, and I didn't hate it, so I'd probably have to stack something like this. Okay, that's fair. All right, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to also say stack, stack because I enjoyed parts of it, but I also wasn't like super into it as I have been with other stuff. I didn't dislike it. It just didn't do it for me at first. I'm more excited as as to what's coming. Same. And I think that's the point of this. The point of this was to be a fill-in type thing to get you ready for Last Ronin 2. Yeah, just bridge the gap between the old and the uh, the future generations of Turtles. So, And yeah. if that's the case, if that was all it was for, I'm okay with that. And I, I really think that's the whole purpose of this was to just get, you know, just to get you ready for what's coming and make a little bit more money on the side. So, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm... I'm I have no issue that it exists. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. I think that's all we need to say. So if you enjoyed this episode, there are a ton of turtle stuff you can go find. Just go on our website, Podbean, and type in TMNT, and you will find all the stuff we've been doing. Uh, lots and lots of content. We did the first last run, so definitely go check that out, too. All the TMT stuff will be in the show notes, so you can go right to our old episodes if you want to just hear nothing but turtles that's all there for you please enjoy that and if you want to support the show for little as a dollar a month you can vote in our patreon poll we always have different polls every month and when we also please join our discord and chat with us you see a link in the show notes to that and I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of helena at hell half sphere you can follow her on tiktok you'll see a link in the show notes to her stuff she's on tiktok twitch instagram and we'll give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. He started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. And also check out Nomads of Fantasy, another podcast I work with. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blue Sky, Threads, and YouTube. Audio only, but we are in all those things. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, <laughs> everybody.